here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Furious, and with me is Ollie Course. Hello. Um, we're gonna have a bit of a chat about the um, uh, the WWE's uh, little UK venture um, because we both watched it and enjoyed it a great deal. Um, then um, we have some other bits and pieces to sort of talk about, but we're gonna do the, the whole WWE thing first. Um, so I guess we start with night one, as you do. Because that would that makes logical sense. I'm not <laughs> gonna I'm not gonna derail things immediately by going. Yeah, I want to talk about um, Pete Dunn versus Sam Gradwell. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm fired up to talk about everything Pete Dunn did on night two. But <laughs> well, we'll, uh, we'll start with night one. Yes, night one. In general, this is just kind of like a let's introduce some people and make sure that the the fans who haven't seen any of this before are familiar with the who the stars are mm-hmm. and kind of get an idea of what their their key moves are that's what it felt like the whole evening kind of felt like that yeah definitely like this wasn't the work rate show at all um all the matches were fairly average apart from the last two which i thought were pretty good um but like you say, get over the moves, get over the personalities, and I think that it set the foundation for a great night two very well, and I don't think night two would have been as good had they not laid that foundation on this night, and like with especially the closing angle, which we'll talk about in a bit, like that created a lot of hype for night two. Yeah, so they kind of did a good job with that. The actual in-ring on night one, I, with a couple of exceptions, was pretty average. There were a lot of guys who proved that they didn't belong on the WWE stage um, at this point in time, anyway, on the on night one. Mm. Well, the first match was a guy that we thought was, was, was perfect for this with Trent Seven, and they had him in with uh, with H.C. Dyer, who I must admit I'm not terribly familiar with. Uh, he was, used to be the pledge in um, Southside, so... He he wrestled fairly prominent matches alongside Joe Connors there in that role, um, but he didn't really show up for this one. Just kind of just a body for Seven to beat. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, that, that's about it, really. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> what, what else do you say Se- about seven, it? Seven was um, a good way to start the show, get things rolling. He got his chop of a ring post in. <laughs> um, and he was still from Mustache Mountain, which is nice. They didn't, ha- they didn't cut that out of his gimmick. And generally the whole night, everyone retained their yeah, gimmicks from the Indies, apart say, from was, T-Bone. <laughs> there was a lot of stuff like that where it was... There was a lot more uh, like indie freedom and connections than yeah. I thought there would be. I thought they'd try and rebrand a little bit, but uh, yeah. I guess they, they just wanted to use what worked already so that the existing fans weren't mad at them and then kind of build on it. It is a little bit sad that Seven never got the chance to have a great match in this tournament. Yeah, but... yeah I said that um, in the review on, on Voices of Wrestling that I've I felt that putting him out as early as they did meant that he couldn't have that big showcase because match. The, the the flagship VOW podcast and non-believers, they don't particularly like Trent Seven. Um, and this could have been a chance to show them what he's about. Like, show the casual viewer or not familiar to Brit Rest viewer. Is, is it Trent just Seven because is. we go to Fight Club Pro and want to watch <laughs> those shows? Is it just because of that? I Surely he's good in other places. I'd Rev Pro, especially, I think yeah. he's he's been outstanding in singles there. So yeah, that's kind of weird to me. That they don't uh, like him. Uh, did you think HC Dio was good enough? Um, I don't know. He's still pretty young, and even though he was part of the Righteous Army and had like main event experience with that gimmick, I don't know. Just too big of a stage for yeah. his current I... stage. It might just be that um, they told him don't do much. <laughs> don't, uh, tri- I, don't show up, Trent. <laughs> I, I got the film that uh, Jordan Devlin was told to really tone down when oh, he did. Oh, yeah. Well, um, Jordan Devlin's match was basically one big headlock. Yeah. And I went into... Uh, sorry, going to move on to the health of the second <laughs> match. Um, I came into this show um, on not a lot of sleep from the night before. Um, I can't remember why that was, but I had not slept very much. And I'd been at work all day, and I got to this show, and I was I got myself all fired up, and then second match is just... Oh, it's just fucking Chinlock City. <laughs> um, this was when I was worried that WWE UK would be a castration of the indies. <laughs> but it would just be Headlock City, as you said. Yeah, this, this match was tremendously dull. Um, but I think it, it was done on purpose to make sure that Devlin got over as a heel. Because yeah, that was it, his role in the tournament. For all like the messy finish and the dull match, it made Devlin look like a massive cocky prick because everyone thought he, everyone legitimately thought he didn't deserve to win after that performance and in kayfabe didn't deserve to win because Birch kicked out. So it just worked on all levels, despite I, not being a good match. <laughs> with that finish, I thought it was a referee stoppage. I thought the referee yeah, was like, oh, so there's too. blood everywhere, let's, let's just stop it. But um, when they showed the replay, he did actually count three, even though he kicked out. It's it very weird. But I think that was deliberate. <laughs> it, all, it all came together. <laughs> I don't think um, he deliberately busted Birch open, but no. I think the finish was probably supposed to be that. And... It, that's one of the 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 freakiest uh, fluke um, like hard way cuts mm. I think I've ever seen because there, there was hardly any contact. It was a weird place in the head. It's just 
But even then, that things. worked because, uh, in, like, Devlin on night two was claiming if you get kicked, like, it'll be over. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so. Yeah. He certainly made that spot for him. Like, at least he had that spot to take into the into yeah. the next round. Despite the botch, despite the boring match, it worked completely. <laughs> <laughs> so, in terms of like, I mean, I gave this like a star and a half. I thought it was a yeah, bad match, same. but um, the actual like the, the storyline work that they had, sort of the overarching storyline with Devlin's behavior, with Birch's performance, uh, that was actually quite good. Mm-hmm. So you came away with what was a bad match, but it achieved far more than it, it should have done, <laughs> if that makes sense. So while I, I thought it was a bad match, and it was, the actual outcome was they achieved something that they probably wouldn't have done if they'd gone out there and wrestled like a, a perfectly good match. Yeah, yeah. Which is weird. It is weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, Two guys who we didn't really know at the start of the tournament, Saxton Huxley versus Sam Gradwell. I don't think either of us have ever seen a match from either. I think I might have seen Sam Gradwell. Okay. I think. But, um, I'm not, not sure, was, but I think I might have seen him. He was playing an anarchist nerd here. <laughs> he didn't believe in society and he likes reading books versus he... the muscle cat Saxton Huxley. What did you think of these gimmicks? Um. Okay, well, I'm going to take them both separately. Uh, Gradwell uh, looked like, um, you know when you do like a creator wrestler on um, like a game yeah. and you just you just lead the most basic thing in, just like a bald guy with <laughs> muscle. That was ex- he looked exactly like the, the creator, re- like a blank creator wrestler. Yeah. And Saxton Huxley um, I'm not sure what, what cat he's been looking at, but um, <laughs> It looks like he'd skip leg day, shall we say. It did. Uh, I think that's why he was wearing long tights. Um, yeah, just kind of a nothing match and an excuse for crowd to chant weird, stupid shit as yeah. Brit wrestling crowd to want to do. This, this is the great thing about British wrestling, is like when you have a match where there's nothing going on and it's just not very good, the crowds still enjoy themselves. Yeah, yeah. Which um, it always used to be the case uh, because I've, I've been to going to British shows for years and years and years. It used to be the case that when you had a bad match, everyone would just get bored, and you'd you go one of two ways. You'd either have people just you know going to the bar and the toilet and shit, and like mm. everyone's just sat there going, "Come on, next match," or they just start chanting stupid shit. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, this this would be um, the latter. Do you have anything else to, strong to say about this match? <laughs> I love that um, the crowd kind of worked themselves into supporting uh, like Saxon <laughs> Huxley, even though they were supposed to be like cheering for Gradwell because yeah. he was a ho- you know hometown boy. Um, but because they they did the whole Jesus uh, thing, it kind of uh, swayed them towards the other guy, even mm. though I don't think they were particularly bothered. Can't, about can't it. root just, against Jesus. <laughs> he can if he's managed by Sebastian. <laughs> um, Race of a bar champion. Won again yesterday. Actually tied. <laughs> but yeah, that's for another time. We'll we'll do progress <laughs> another time. Um So uh next match. Uh Pete Dunn against Roy Johnson. Oh um, Pete Pete Dunn walking out just looked like a star straight away. Like what? Considering the, the people who had been 
in, on the show beforehand, he was just like light years uh, away in terms of star power. Well, I said to Rob because uh, Rob was saying like uh, uh, Roy Johnson looked like he was struggling with the size of the ring. Mm. Um, that he because there's a very certain number of steps that you can you have to make from the middle of the ring to get to the ropes, and that's how people learn to run the ropes for the most basic of, of spots. And they're doing it in like a the like a, what is it sixteen ring? I guess the um, progress. Whereas WWE's is a twenty, very big ring, it's bigger than most of the places. Uh, so Roy looked like he was kind of struggling with the scope of what he got in front because he's he's kind of green, so he's not been in any rings of this size really, not for a match. Uh, whereas Pete Dunne went into that match and looked like he was born wrestling in the WWE. <laughs> Yeah, he definitely led Johnson through this match, um, and it ended up working quite well. Like Johnson's power came off really well, and he didn't really get much offense in. It was mostly done just picking him apart and looking properly vicious. The little touches, like grabbing, um, grabbing the top knot, grabbing his gloves and tearing them off, like the little touches that make him just seem that extra little, little bit more vicious. Excellent stuff. Yeah, and of course he worked the. Um... Uh, like the hand and the, and the wrist yeah. throughout control the match. Uh, that was uh, a lot of the, the work that he did there in sort of um, c- controlling the arm was uh, specifically to set up uh, what he did to um, Tyler Bate to set up the final. The whole thing yeah, of him uh, attacking his shoulder. They actually put that in this match so to, that... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was there. I didn't, I didn't pick cool that up, cut. but yeah, that yeah. works really well. Um, oh, that's that's the thing because the way the book the tournament like stuff meant something. It's like something didn't just randomly happen in a match. They booked every match so yeah. that things happened for a reason. So that was that. <laughs> yeah, definitely a well booked tournament where matches in previous rounds played into the future ones, and we'll talk about that more in night two. I thought. Johnson made a mistake by not um, wearing like his uh, like fluorescent green singlet, which would have been a lot more striking. You saw with I think the they, like uh, with uh, with Dyer and with uh, with Devlin. I think they wanted him as the as the guy who wasn't going to get over here. They just wanted him to be there to lose. Ah, uh, fair enough. That's that's the feeling that I got. They didn't really want people to to catch on to how charismatic he was because they didn't. Uh, in a, they had a backstage segment where he uh, did one of his like grime um, things. Grimy things. <laughs> so I'm, I'm so I'm so just not hip at all. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, they wavy, recorded it. Wavy things. It was wavy. They recorded it, and it was like a. Um, I think it was either on WWE.com or it was on the YouTube channel or something. Yeah. I've seen it anyway, so it's, it's <laughs> there. Uh, but they didn't put it on the show. And they didn't put it on the show because they didn't want him to to have that kind of uh, charisma, which is weird to to get somebody out onto the show and just deliberately sabotage them. But that's kind of what they wanted here. They didn't want anyone to overshadow Pete, especially not this early in the tournament. You say that um, they didn't want him to get any like charisma over because he was losing, but then T Bone in the next match <laughs> gets given like a minute long promo for this brand new um, traveler character. And it's yeah, just that... the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. He's doing a fake Irish accent and mumbling and 
saying something about how proud he is to be a traveler, and it's like, where did this come from? <laughs> I don't know, but it was. I thought he executed it quite. I'm guessing he'd been watching Snatch, and um, he just wanted to do the like a bit of a Brad Pitt <laughs> mumbling about, um, uh, you know, the the gypsy way of life, and yeah. um, I thought it was a good way of making people care about this next match, bro, because it was just, like, two big, burly guys running into each other, going straight at each other, and it was a lot of fun. I thought it was one of the better matches on the show, and I would have never predicted that <laughs> going into it with these Well, two. yeah, I mean, you had, um... Did you hear Michael Cole on this show? Michael oh, Cole was, was excellent. Up. done his research, <laughs> and he was hyped for, like, basically every guy, and thought every guy was, like, worthwhile. <laughs> Like, well, he was, he this was, was the match that up. did it for me when he said that um, it was kind of a backhanded compliment, but he said it was the best he'd, he'd been watching Wolfgang and it was the best he'd seen him do in months. Yeah. Saying, like, well, you know, ICW suck. But, <laughs> <laughs> I think he, everyone came away from this tournament thinking that, though. Well, the Wolfgang's a lot better than he, he has looked. Yeah. I think this is the case with... Um, uh, who was it on Twitter was uh, saying that they they thought they'd just start watching ICW because they booked loads of guys that they like. And it was just like, you, know, you probably won't enjoy it. Just try <laughs> and stick to them in other companies. But uh, yeah, Wolfgang, I think, did uh, did excellent work. And I, I've been knocking him for some time, so I, I think he's mediocre. But uh, this is the best I've ever seen him work. He really stepped up. Thriving in the WWE environment. Uh Definitely one of the bigger surprises of the tournament. Yeah, and uh, obviously you got a, a bit of a deeper run than I thought he would because of that. But um, I also thought that was kind of to do with where the uh, people were from. I was even telling the lads in the pub that I thought Jordan Devlin was going to beat Tyler Bates at one point. Yeah, because so, they uh, did the same thing in CWC. They got um, yeah, Japan, yeah, Britain, yeah, absolutely, Mexico, yeah. Mexico, and, Mexico. Um, America. Um, sort of the Philippines, but America. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he's he's from California, isn't he? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, the uh, what's next? Uh, James Drake and uh, Joseph Connors. Two guys with long hair and looking a bit greasy and a bit tough, <laughs> and you know, it was just the same guy basically. I thought this was a very bad matchup, uh, to book because. Neither one of them could get over because you couldn't distinguish one from the other. There were no... Uh, uh, completely unlike the Wolfgang T-Bone match where even though they were both the same sort of wrestler, they both had very different presentation and personalities that came through. And here you just had two wrestlers with the same hair and the same aggressive personality and nothing to really latch onto. Yeah, I think the uh, the issue that they have is that neither of these guys has a big following. Yeah. Uh, James Drake's worked a lot of the uh, the camp shows, um, which has turned him into a very proficient technical wrestler. He, he's extremely gifted. Uh, Progress have picked up on that, used him already, and I think he's going to step out into a, a bigger world this year, and he's going to be better because of it. Um, Joseph Connors uh, obviously had a big run in, in what culture, but um, he did it as a heel. Um, one that was kind of didn't get along with the crowd particularly well, so he just didn't get that support either. And I had no idea which one of them was supposed to be wrestling face. I guess Connors. I think it was Drake actually. Was it? Okay. <laughs> See, <laughs> I 
I think the crowd was pretty down at this point in the show as well. Like, it'd been going on for about an hour, an hour and a half at this point, and they weren't ready to, like, do the chanting they did in match three in yeah, match yeah. six. So it just kind of a perfect storm of mediocrity here. <laughs> yeah, I'd... there was a number of different issues for him. Um, I like that they tried to st- tell a story. So I had the whole thing about him... Um... Uh, Connor's been attacked in the uh, nightclub. Had the part of his ear missing. Well, I mean, everyone on this show had been mugged and oh, left yeah. for dead. <laughs> yeah. What things have you seen? What? Uh, he's he's seen very small say. boots thrown at him. <laughs> he's seen the fiction warehouse. My God. Um. Yeah. So we can that... move on to Dan. We're, now. <laughs> we're moving on to Dan. Um, I loved that pre-tape promo. Yes, it was brilliant. But that was the it. one time where the um, blue-collar guy getting mugged all the time actually worked really well, and it fit in perfectly, and that was probably the best um, pre-match hype video for anyone on this first show. And I, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> I, I thought Dan Maloney looked very comfortable in the WWE ring as well. Um I wish this match had gone longer because it. I mentioned in my review it was the first match on the show that felt like it could have been plucked out of any Britrest show, and just kept like that, like whole wholesale from a Britrest show. It felt very natural and comfortable, and it didn't feel n- nothing about it from the crowd to the commentary to the wrestlers themselves felt awkward or forced. It felt very natural, and I wish it had gone longer than six minutes. Yeah, I think Andrews was trying to get a lot of stuff in um, to to get himself over, and th- there were various moves that he put in there, which were then used in in later matches, especially mm. against Pete Dunne. Um, so they kind of had to establish that he had this crazy move set, and that it kind of felt like he got too much in there. If you know what I mean, it felt like he was just rushing to get to the next spot all the time. Uh, which for somebody with his uh, experience in the big leagues, I'm kind of surprised that that happened, but. Um, yeah, uh, Dan was there to to take a load of bumps. He did what he was supposed to do. He was fine. Uh, it was a pretty good match for what it was for like six. I minutes. thought Mark Andrews could slide onto Raw um, on Monday. Oh, you and... could throw him in that cruiserweight division, and nobody would bat an eyelid. Yeah, he he, he would He's be better than half the guys they've already got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should have taken him and not Noam. Yeah, I think Dar went way too early, but um, I, I still don't know why. Because uh, he can say Alicia Fox in a funny accent. I, I assume it's because he had the Israeli roots and they just wanted somebody um, with the uh, that mixed kind of um, a mixture of countries of origin. Possibly, so possibly. they could talk about that and that. So I think the, the aim of the Cruiserweight Classic was to get people from all parts of the world and try and get... Yeah some interest from, from various countries in it. That's why they did the flag stuff, and they did the flag like the flag headshots for this tournament as well, and it was basically just all English flags. <laughs> uh, it was like one, one Welshman, one Scot, one Northern Irish, one Irish, everyone else English. <laughs> yeah, so you can kind of see where people are going to win. Yeah. Um, uh, I kind of had a, a, a thing with Tyler Bate where uh, when he came into this tournament, when I saw his positioning on the on the picture they took, 
where he was kind of way off on the right-hand side somewhere and he was kind of mixed in with all the guys who had no shot of winning. Yeah. That made me think that they liked him because they wouldn't put him in the tournament if they didn't like him, but they didn't see him as being such a big deal as we did. Yeah, I thought that as well. When you saw Trent and Pete standing next to the big man, like, (laughs) those were the stars, and then Tyler Bate just kind of off, off. Yeah, I don't know what you mean, but they gave him the main event here against a relative unknown in Tucker, and they had the best match on the show. Um, by by a distance, I think. By quite a distance, they got the most time, which helped. But um, Tyler Bate got well over here. Everyone Tyler was in the time. palm of his hand, and yeah, <laughs> I think after, if they didn't know he was winning already, I think this match would have proven to them that he was a worthy winner. Of the tournament. But then I kind of thought, this is WWE logic. You know, they put him over big here, so they've got to start for someone to beat and get a yeah. name off in the in the second round. Yeah. I I didn't. I still didn't think, even after he main evented the first night, that there was any chance of him going on and winning the tournament. I so... definitely didn't see it coming. Um, <laughs> but it worked out really, really well. What did you think of Tucker in this match? I thought Tucker was great. Mm. He he looked really fluid. Um, t- to I mean Tyler's not that experienced really. I mean he's only been wrestling for like like four years. Uh, we know he's a phenomenal talent and that he's incredibly gifted. Um, and that he's basically been placed on uh, on God's green earth to be a professional wrestler. <laughs> but um, he's still an in- inexperienced wrestler and he's not really in a position where he can carry other people. And Tucker needed to be good, and, and he definitely he was. was. Didn't need to be carried at all. Um, That's like super kick. Tucker in... My God! <laughs> <laughs> well, he did claim to be the king of super kicks, so I'm glad he was but... not lying. Jesus Christ! <laughs> definitely want to see him uh, somewhere. Maybe OTT. Um, maybe progress. I don't know. But 2017, get this man booked because it's a crime that we haven't heard of him before now. Yeah, certainly. Um... In terms of like how uh, well-known people going uh, were coming into the tournament compared to now, I think he's the one that has the biggest swing from uh, yeah. like what we knew about him to, to now. Him and I Wolfgang he... have definitely benefited from this tournament. Wol- Wolfgang, we knew what he was capable of. We knew that he he was okay. Um, but Tucker has gone from like not being Nothing. on anyone's yeah. radar <laughs> at all to being, hey, this guy's good. That's a big step up. Definitely. Um. So the end of night one, they had a presentation um, for the quarterfinalists to square off. I, I liked the presentation throughout um, this show. It was sort of more UFC style, like they started with Michael Cole on the floor uh-huh. um, and like running but, down the card. And here at the end with the stare downs, it felt It was like different. the um, Cruiserweight Classic, they had that same kind of mentality of trying to make it more like a sport. Yeah. And that's um, how it should be. I the thing I absolutely hate about WWTV is just how samey it feels every single week. It's just the same show on repeat. <laughs> like, beat for beat, every show is the same. And I would like it if they just went to some different arenas other than generic basketball arena occasionally and changed things up just occasionally. <laughs> because Yeah, it's, that's Kevin Dunn, though. He likes yeah. the, the thing to look the same every week. and it's, it Why, why did Kevin Dunn's father have to save Vince McMahon from a fire? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't him, it was tapes. 
Oh, save the tapes from the fire. <laughs> yeah, save, I think it was tapes anyway. It was something yeah. from a, like a car fire, I think, from, from what yeah. I remember. And that's cursed us with the exact same TV show since, what, like 1996? Uh, yeah, pretty much. My entire so, life. <laughs> well, when, when Vince shuffles off the mortal coil, uh, Triple X will drag... <laughs> Drag Kevin Dunn sobbing into the ring, pedigree him into <laughs> off television forever. I feel like Dunn would get buried with Vince in the same company, <laughs> like Mr. Burns in the Simpsons. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, so that was night one. We've kind of gone off the deep end <laughs> slightly at the end of it. It's a good, good place to tangent between the shows. Um, night two. Um, yeah, I watched this in the pub, um, in a, a Weatherspoons in Birmingham, uh, with like like ten other people. So we're, <laughs> we're kind of crowded around a like a tablet that was leaning up against. Um, I believe it was a bottle of brown sauce. Uh, that's not really the most ideal way to watch a show. <laughs> it is not a unique but, way. Yeah, it was a first. It was definitely a first. Um, I also missed the entire of um, uh, Trent's match because I was at the bar. Um, it wasn't uh, the bar staff weren't very good at uh, like realizing when there was a, a build up of people and it just took ages to get served. Mm. So that was annoying, and um, we also got told to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> wow, not a fan For... of the graps. Uh, the weather spoons. Prob- probably not um, a fan of the uh, pop punk because we were singing uh, Junior. <laughs> <laughs> of, uh, is it a house? A house not a home. House is not that... quite home. That's the one. I can never remember the names of songs. I'm sure. I did like the WWE let Mark Andrews keep his Junior song. Um, well, he pretty much just walked in there and went like, well, "It's my song. I can do what I want." With it. <laughs> yeah. Everyone else got generic um, stock themes, um, and Tyler Bates was quite funny because it was pretty much beat for beat, just a slight rip off of yeah. Sledgehammer. Oh, that was nice. Like Bobby Pin instead of Sledgehammer. It's <laughs> like really they had the um, rights for that because they had it on um, was it WrestleMania one year? Sledgehammer. Oh, that I can tell you for a fact it was not Sledgehammer, but it was in fact Big Time by Peter Gabriel. It was very it similar. Was big song. Time. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Massive tangent. Let's night two. Let's do you it. Could have come out for that. <laughs> um, so yeah, night two they kicked off with the uh, pick done against uh, Sam Gradwell after he assaulted uh, young Samuel at the end of night yes. one. Um, William Regal chasing him around like a angry <laughs> father. Terrific stuff. That was great. That was so great. The way. He- the way Pete was just kind of backing off there was just like, <laughs> it's like, Dad's hit me before, he's going to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> like, that just made Pete look even more like a star, the fact that he was getting that treatment from Regal and Triple H. Yeah, yeah, really. I, Triple H clearly impressed with um, yeah uh, with Pete Dunne. Triple H giving the side eye to Gradwell for, like, hamming up the injury. <laughs> and then, like, being like, oh, you've made an impact, Pete. <laughs> yeah, I th- I don't think Gradwell did the, the, the best of work in this match. Um, you could hear Nigel on, on commentary just kind of saying, oh, I'm, I'm surprised that he's not showing more signs of that back injury. It, they covered for it quite nicely by um, uh, saying, you know, adrenaline gets going and 
mm. and all that. But um, yeah, I think the uh, he was probably told to sell the back more than he did, which is yeah. unfortunate. Well, the, the match was basically all built around Dunn slamming him on the, his back. They did the Shawn Michaels at the Royal Rumble spot, uh, which was yeah. good. The truth is, like with that finish, because he basically did that one uh, like spot going out the ring, and he got suplexed into the buckles and pinned. Yeah. If he'd been selling the back, which is what he was supposed to, then that would have been a far more realistic finish. Yeah. Well, he had the tape it, on the back, so it, well, it ended up making it. All it did was make Gradwell look weak. <laughs> That's well, all I, it did. I thought if it he made just sold throughout the match. Dangerous. Again, yeah. it, like he, it showed that Dunn can target a body part that's taped up, and again, that played into the final. So I thought it worked for what it was. It was a pretty short match. Yeah, made Dunn look good. Yeah, well, pretty much all you needed to get out of that one. Um, second quarter final is uh, Mark Andrews against Joseph Connors. Actually, didn't like this one. I I actually thought every match on this show was um above average. Like I was into all of it. Um and yeah, Connors does nothing for me, but Andrews was good here and he had he got a great reaction, um, for pretty much all his moves. Uh probably will never watch <laughs> this match again particularly. But No. Well then you got um, the one thing that did work was um that they had the the signature moves in there again for Andrews, just to really hammer in the fact that those are those are the moves that get the job done before his semi-final match. Yeah, that's, that's all it really did. Connors, yeah. I thought had a had a poor show in here. He, I've seen him have very very good matches, Connors, but I, I think he's the kind of guy that likes to build stories, mm. um, likes to have the, the long matches. With with um, I mean, was this is another like six minute job, wasn't it, or something? It was it was kind of sh- uh, on the on the short side. Is Connor's gonna end up as the Aria Davari of this tournament? Um, I I, don't, I really don't know what uh, what they're planning on doing with the UK shows because they said they're gonna come back and do more, but yeah. um, who's to say? I mean, if they do have um. Like reasonably length, uh, long cards. Then I could see Connor's getting um, uh, being a useful member of the the team. But uh, yeah, he's not good in the short matches, and I think that showed here. Uh, shall we move on to Wolfgang Trent Seven? Uh, yeah, let's. The last time we're going to talk Trent Seven. Oh. Yeah, well, in in my head, Trent was going over Pete in the final. That was how I saw it because I thought. When it when it comes down to it, that's probably the most epic match they could have, because it's two guys who really know each other well yeah. can have that hard hitting uh, match, best baby face against the best heel. And well, I was thinking I'll... Tyler over Trent, and that would be like a, a student passing the teacher. Yeah, well, I, mentally I had kind of I penned like um, uh, Jordan Devlin going over, Trent beating. Uh, Devlin as another heel obstacle on his mm. route to the final. It kind of made more sense from like a, from if I'm like WWE, that's the story that I tell all the time. It's the babyface beating heels on his way to winning. They also um, had Wolfgang kick out of Trent's Rainmaker, his finisher. So, uh, what is? Oh yeah, his WWE, his, his finish. WWE finisher. <laughs> they they teased the top rope 
pile driver, pile driver. but yeah. that was never going to happen. <laughs> no, no. Or neither was the superplex into the crowd. No. <laughs> but I thought Wolfgang was really good here, and this match made me sit up yeah, he and was, yeah. think, oh my god, Wolfgang's something. And it wasn't just Trent making him look good, it was genuinely both guys looking really good here. He, he definitely got fired up for this. There's a, there's a certain mentality among among some wrestlers that you don't have to really try that hard until you get into WWE. And that certainly seems to me that that's... <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm not saying that he hasn't tried hard like during his career, but the difference between what yeah, he normally does and what now. he did here was ridiculous, really. And fair play to him. He's waited for the, his chance and he's taken it. Uh, yeah, so I was disappointed that Trent didn't win. Um, so I, I was kind of down on the on the booking at that point because I figured Devlin was winning. So that mentally, I had Wolfgang and Pete Dunne in the final. And that's even though we're putting over Wolfgang, that's not nearly as interesting as <laughs> no, as what they actually did. Seven. So yeah, because I was thinking from a uh, the point of view of somebody who's been watching WWE shows for like Christ, I don't know. I started watching the. Like, <laughs> early 90s so uh, yeah. a long time that's the way they book so I was perfectly okay with being uh, let down in, in some fashion um, and this certainly let me down uh, but then it went somewhere else which was great so <laughs> shall we talk about Tyler Bate and Jordan Devlin we should this was the last of the quarterfinals, and based on the way that um, they'd been booking people through, you got Pete Dunne gone through, so he's English. You got Mark Andrews from Wales. You got Wolfgang from Scotland, <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden you've got an Irish guy against an English guy. And I'm looking at it thinking, ah, they're going to put Devlin over. Yeah, I, I think everyone was thinking from that. Country. So. Yeah, it was a tremendous piece of uh, uh, booking to swerve everyone <laughs> and have title win. Shun the nationality equality. Yeah, we'll just just have the best guy win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, like a really good payoff to Devlin's cockiness on night one here. Um, like he he hit the kick on bait, but it didn't get the job done. Uh, I'm then... now calling that the uh, the birch killer. <laughs> <laughs> the Chop down the birch tree. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> no birch killer kick. So yeah, he hit that and like there's Tyler sounding like death and um and then he got up and beat him. Good stuff. <laughs> well Good done, stuff. Tyler. <laughs> yeah, it made yeah, Tyler is... look a cut above. Like it made him look ready well, for Well this the is the event. other side of of Tyler Bate. He has so much sympathy. Um He's very, very underrated at being the guy that gets beaten yeah. up. Take, takes the heat in, uh, especially in tags when he's tagging with the with Trent. Uh, he showed that here. He just the amount of like spirit that he shows coming from um, fighting from underneath and yeah. taking that. Bit I, down. I think he can tap into the fact that he's still a teenager <laughs> and essentially just a child. Um, um, but uh, it's the way he... he does it. It's just you look at yeah. the two of them, and he's probably bigger than Jordan Devlin. But they made it seem like he was the underdog, and that's the gift that he has. He's just—he's got that look on his face that he's just mm-hmm. like, you just want to root for him, he and that's so rare. <laughs> it's the mark of a great babyface. Um, yeah, 
and it's very hard to be a babyface, especially in in WWE. Oh yeah, definitely. But I feel like people wouldn't get sick of him. They wouldn't make it turn him into a Roman Reigns type pariah of hatred. He could um, he could genuinely do well in WWE as of in his current character. This is insane that we're talking about this. <laughs> um, so moving on to the semi-finals, the um, uh, the Mark Andrews uh, Pete Dunn match. Um, obviously, these two have a lot of chemistry, a lot of history together. Had their first matches together. They toured America together. You can hear all that in the Flash Morgan Webster podcast that they did together. Um, yeah, they, yeah. They just, they're yeah. tied at the hip. <laughs> <laughs> and that really showed in the way they uh, they executed everything in this. I was talking about the um, um, trademark spots and stuff that they had. They specifically had Andrews do a lot of them mm. to set up bigger spots in this match. The counters he... of the spots in this match. Like, yeah. Like um, the, what's it called? The Slumdog Millionaire. What? Um, I think <laughs> it was Stundog. Stundog, yeah. The Stundog stun Millionaire, like, Dunn had a counter for that every which way. And when he finally hit it, and it was like kind of a messy hit, um, but yeah, that worked because third... it was like Dunn trying to desperately get out of it, but he still got hit with it. Well, you got hit with it out of a counter because it was the he went for that. Um, Nigel's calling it an Xplex, but it's like the release, yeah, yeah, suplex where he's just kind of uh, instead of like falling with the suplex, he just basically hauls you up into the air and lets go. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a counter out of that that he actually got the stun dog on. So that's the, the work that they did there to set all that up. It just the crowd was just so into this as well. It's <laughs> a great match. It was captivating, and I was very, very hyped for it. Um, yeah, <laughs> this was when the tournament stepped up a gear. The final three matches were um, a lot... They had a different feel to it, and it was like a lot more exciting. Bigger stakes. I was making like the noises of excitement, <laughs> <laughs> like jumping off my sofa. Um, this was when the it stepped up from just being a tournament, a fun, like a fun show fun seeing the guys on WWE TV to this, this is, is actually really good. <laughs> yeah, it's getting real at this point. This yeah. is um this is where the uh you know important shit's going down when you get into the semi final stage. I always thought that uh, once they got to this stage there were gonna be good matches. Um oh, imagine if Trent was there against Tyler in the other semi. Mm. I, I thought Wolfgang was a very good roadblock for yeah. Tyler to overcome and because of the size why... difference and everything. It it made yeah. sense. It's just and I guess they wanted um, they wanted Tyler to not have a big epic match before the final because it was like, you know, you've got to have that rest time and you've yeah, got to have, yeah. the final's got to be big and it's got to be important. So they wanted him to be a heel in the semis, I think. So well, Wolfgang was a face basically throughout the uh, course of the tournament, getting a lot of crowd support, and then it gets to this point and it's like, boo. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, just look at him compared to Tyler Bate. Like, yeah, he's... you're never going to be a baby face when you're wrestling. Big, uh, big, fat, angry bastard versus like well, must well, mustache groomed nineteen <laughs> year old. <laughs> yeah, no chance. Uh, yeah, this was another really compelling match. Basically, Bate just getting the shit kicked out of him and then managing to escape, hit the Tyler driver to a big reaction, and like the look of shock on his face when he hit it in yeah. both this and the final. Fantastic stuff. 
It's, it's the way he looks shocked that he'd actually won. <laughs> That's just the perfect reaction for me. It's like, because we know that he's capable of great things, but he, he's only young and he doesn't realize it. That's the story that he's that he's telling this mm. to the crowd he, when he puts that look on his face. Do you see the um? They did like a photo shoot with him. Um, after he'd won the title. Do you see that? Um, I didn't see the photo shoot. I saw the interview with him after he won the title. Didn't. Did, yeah, they did look at because everyone gets a photo shoot when they yeah, win the yeah, title. Yeah. That's just the way it is. They just go straight backstage, stick him in front <laughs> of like a white screen, and and take some photos. The sheer range of looks that he was generating. It's like the cameraman wasn't encouraging him to do anything. He was just he was literally just standing there and he'd do a different facial expression for every <laughs> single camera shot. And I was just like Wow. Uh, I think if they're watching that and they can see the range that he's got and how much he understands what those different looks mean. I mean shit, he's nineteen. Some people go their entire career and don't understand what different looks, uh, what different facial expressions mean. <laughs> I think that's a bit of Trent Seven rubbing off on him because we always talk about uh, Trent being a master of facial expression and yeah. like having one for every occasion. Yeah, I think he's he's helped him a lot on that. But the way that he was just doing it all by himself, like yeah. he'd go to different poses and stuff, and the camera man's going, oh, "That's great, that's great." <laughs> it's the, Na- natural this, talent yeah this is hard stuff to do it's it's fine you can learn how to wrestle and if you're good at it you can learn how to wrestle a very good match but the other stuff, the intangible stuff it's you've either got it or you haven't and Tyler Bates got it and we've been saying that he's he's going to be great for years but he's already there Oh, we just saw that he's just there. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, it's astonishing to me. He's, he's so young, and he's capable of doing what he's doing at the moment. It's just astonishing. Uh, so, after the, that semi-final, Pete Dunne runs out, clobbers bait, runs his shoulder into the post, um, gets chased off by Dad Regal again. Um, yeah. I love Dad Regal. He's the best <laughs> authority figure. <laughs> pa- specifically for, like just Pete Dunne's authority figure <laughs> yeah I uh, love it um, um, yeah so so there's, then there's a non-tournament match to give them a bit of a break um, Neville must be just so pissed off because they had uh, they signed him um, he was doing great in NXT. Uh, they brought him up to the main roster and then kind of forgot about him. And he, he's just been kicking around doing nothing for, oh Christ, what, what, a year and a half? Yeah, going on two years. He's just, literally just been doing nothing. Nothing at all. He has been injured for like a year of that, but yeah, the other half. <laughs> I'm sure he's been like fit for, for more than that. But yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He, he was there and he wasn't, they weren't doing anything with him. And then, like, while he's been up there, they had a cruiserweight tournament, which he would have been great for. Yeah. If he'd have come in in that tournament and won it, then he would still be the champion now, and that cruiserweight division would have been like far more of a success than than it has been. Mm-hmm. Because and that's then, how good he is. Then they have a Brit Rest tournament. <laughs> yeah, then they have a Brit Rest tournament, which again he'd have been absolutely perfect for. And he's just like, what the hell? 
what the hell, guys? What's going on? So to I'm have not- him come out here and just go like, what's happening? What, why do you keep doing this to me? I thought that was very good. It fits his character perfectly. His <laughs> angry remix theme. <laughs> very yeah, enjoyable. He, he's He's been doing good work since he uh, had that little heel turn. That's, um, I did not think he was going to be that good. I certainly have never seen him cut the promos that he's, he's cutting at the moment. Yeah, you just don't think of him as a heel, but yeah. You don't think of him as a guy who can talk either. He just has never done that and I just don't know where he's been hiding this uh, this promo I was talking to um, uh, uh, 3CW uh, promoter Mike Groom and he was like yeah we never used to give him a mic because we couldn't trust him to cut a decent <laughs> promo and it was just like that's that's in front of like 200 people yeah and now he's in front of the world and he's doing great well I guess now he has some natural material to feed off of <laughs> that helps. Yeah, he's, he's pissed off and it shows and it's great. <laughs> and then, as his opponent, out comes not Alistair Black, but Tommy End. That was weird. It's like <laughs> they've, they've literally just rebranded him. He's got yeah. a new Twitter handle and everything. And I thought he got a pretty good um, name as well. I thought, you know, as, as far as names go, I thought Alistair Black suits him. Um, it's a good. Uh, way for him to reinvent himself, although he he already has the look. Um, but no, just Dad just called him Tommy End. Screw it, it's Brit Res. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a solid little match. It's only like eight minutes long, tomorrow. Mm, I didn't pay too much attention to it. Um, but yeah, both guys got their shit in. <laughs> yeah, it was. The, it got Tommy over um, in front of a new audience. Well. Probably most of them had already seen him um, in this country, but in front of the uh, the global audience, it was a chance to see uh, somebody new. Mm. And I'm sure he's going to be fine on NXT. Um, I, I get the feeling that he'll on NXT he'll be Alistair Black, and this was just a one off, one off time as Tommy End, just to like. Well, I'm pretty sure they had Damo start in NXT as as Damo. And then just changed it into Killian Dane just because they could. Yeah, it's NXT is not like the, you know, you, just because you start there as one thing does not mean that you'll leave there as the, as the same thing. Mm-hmm. Times change. I, I um, figured this was just a you know pop the crowd, pop <laughs> pop the viewing audience, and then we'll shuffle him back to the performance center and work on his new character. Yeah, he was. Um, you see the video with a backstage on uh, after night one is the one where he was, uh, like Regal's chased Pete Dunne through the through the. Oh yeah, and everyone was running away <laughs> when they didn't want to be seen. Like, yeah, uh, Mark Haskins. Mark Haskins. Yeah. Um, somebody was blurred out, and I think it was probably Tommy. It was either Tommy or Finn Balor. Hmm. But I, I Finn, didn't even I'm notice sure the blurred man. I saw, I saw the man hiding behind my laptop and Haskins running off, mm. but I didn't see this blurred out guy. Yeah, <laughs> I, not, I did. Not perceptive I'm, enough. It might have been Tommy. I don't, I don't know. Tommy was more of a surprise than um, than Finn was. I mean, we kind of think Finn was over anyway, so... Yeah, well, it's not an official Britra show until Finn Balor appears, so... Well, he trained everyone in Ireland how to wrestle, so... Uh, it's, it's kind of like something he has to do. 
just turn up and go, hey, yeah, that's me. <laughs> I'm rubbish at musical chairs. <laughs> Um, oh, did you see the technical uh, uh, snafu in this one? I'd oh see yeah, they had uh, the reporter broadcast to the live crowd. Yeah. Oh, and, and was did someone run in at the end? I feel like that sort of jump cut for me, like the, the final pin, the free count. I feel like someone ran in, but I may have just imagined that completely. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think that happened. <laughs> okay, that was just a weird jump cut on my end. Then. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, I, di I didn't see anything like that happen. Um, yeah, e either because I watched this twice because I saw it in the pub and then I saw it again <laughs> later for review purposes. Yeah, um, I was out quite late after this show, and by quite late, I mean I took the. Uh, seven something train back to my house. <laughs> <laughs> so after I got up and I went to review this, it was around one o'clock in the afternoon. That is some excellent stamina for a man of your years. <laughs> advanced, advanced years. Um, yeah. So I watched it, and it took me seven hours to get through. Uh, what was it? Two and a half hour show. Yeah. No, I don't less than that. I think it was like two hours. Uh, really? Yeah, it took me seven hours. <laughs> um, so yeah, the final when we have two Midlands guys. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure about when we started this podcast and we said, "Look out for the Midlands; they might be doing <laughs> something." <laughs> and we specifically pointed to I've... these two plus Ryan Smile as the guys who might be doing something in the future. And here we are. Lo and behold. Yeah, it was. It's really nice to be to be right. It's also great. <laughs> it's great for these two guys. I'm so like thrilled for not only uh, for them being put in this position, but the fact that they delivered. Oh, big time both, delivered! Both these guys delivered so huge on this uh, on these uh, shows. Um, I wrote in I... my F4W Euro notes cheap plug um, <laughs> that you could have slotted this match if you had the same build up, obviously, but this match onto that Tokyo Dome card, and it would rival those final four matches in terms of quality. Like, it would be in the mix with those four. Well, I had it at, like, like four and a quarter, but I, uh, I think I was slightly below um, Larry on four and one, I had four and a half, so, and I've seen people go even higher for it. Uh, it was it was the storytelling. The storytelling, the atmosphere, the, the way the match built... The, the way everything in this match kind of played off what had happened in the tournament before it, the yeah. way that it was selling coming into it. It's... Uh, <laughs> Tyler's so good. Um, I, I, but, I don't think I've ever seen like a truly great Tyler Bate singles match until the show, and then he had two. <laughs> <laughs> and this one just, yeah, blew away all expectations that we had going into this tournament. And what a way to cap it off! Yeah, I, Pete Dunn's the star of the tournament for me, though. I so far this year, we well, we less than three weeks into the year, and I already have my little list, like everyone else does, a little list gimmick going on where mm -hmm. uh, I'm keeping track on what are the best matches so far this year, and I have him in. Uh, I have a list of what twelve matches so far. And he's in one, two, 
Three. He's in four of them. <laughs> so he's, he's yeah. Nobody else is in two. I don't think. Yep. Um. <laughs> oh no, sorry. Tyler Bates in two of them because he was in that uh, that Wrestle House match that was all kinds of great. But uh, yeah, yeah. Pete Dunne has just been just exceptional so far this year. He's he's been an absolute star. The the way he's gotten himself over has just has impressed everyone. And no, I, mean, I don't his, just his miss... performance just in the angle with Triple H and William Regal was fantastic oh. and made him look like a star. And then two great matches on the show, um, looking destined to play a big role in whatever they have next for the. WWE UK brand, and he didn't even need to win the championship. Like I thought, Tyler Bate definitely should have won this match because it rounded out the story of the tournament really well. Yeah. Um, it gave Pete Dunne some comeuppance. Didn't like you don't want to make him look ultra dominant just yet. Um, but you made him look great, and that Tyler Bate just had a little bit more heart on the night, wanted it a little bit more, and got his fin- like his finisher was deadly. <laughs> yeah, I love the um. Well, there's there's two things that I really dig about the, uh, um, like the the story of the match towards the end, uh, the him doing the Fosbury flop and that that oh, 450, 450 stomp, <laughs> that was just insane. I've seen him do uh, dives of that standard before, but I've never seen him do that four fifty stomp. I didn't even even know that was intentional, but Jesus Christ. Um, also, I love that the like the right at the end of the match, it was all about the uh, after he'd survived the bitter end, um, the fact that he got him in that Kimura and the whole the whole process the, of 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 selling that arm led to that moment where it was like, this is it, this is the logical end of the match, and to have him <laughs> then escape, slamming and- slamming him down. I hit that the old uh, Tyler Driver ninety seven. Brilliant, brilliant story. Yeah, it's a great right. underdog achieving everything story. I loved. I loved that he won this. I I don't think I've ever been happier for somebody <laughs> winning a tournament. Ever. Not even Travis Banks and in Infinity. Not even. <laughs> <laughs> that is high praise indeed. Um presentation was definitely key to this obviously they had two great performances but they made both bait and Dunn look like stars and proved that you can look like a major important wrestler on wwe tv and not be 50 years old <laughs> uh, the combined age of these two is 42 like i don't think a single member of that front row <laughs> of the royal rumble posters um below that age i don't know who's on the uh uh, Cena, Undertaker, Goldberg, and someone else. Lesnar? <laughs> yeah, Lesnar. Okay. Uh, Lesnar and Cena are like right on that 40 boundary, but yeah, the point still stands. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that, that I think we um, would term a successful tournament. <laughs> uh, definitely, considering the buzz going in was all about all... Mark deals and lack of star power uh-huh. and oh, killing the indies um, came off really, really well. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so I, I was thrilled about how that happened. But uh, obviously, uh, Cruiserweight Classic, when that finished, uh, that finished on a massive high. Yeah. And uh, then things kind of went south afterwards. So there's always the, the worry that where do they go from here? Definitely. It'll be difficult to invest fully in WWE UK until we know, one, what their plans even are. Well, are they going to do a weekly show or a monthly show or what's going to happen? And two, is that going to be any good? <laughs> Who are they going to get back for it? What are their plans? Is it going to feel any different to mainstream WWE TV? Because that's the main problem with the Cruiserweight division is it just yeah, feels yeah. like a bunch of people pretending to be in the WWE. Yeah, that's a good, uh, good point. I, I would hope it would uh, maintain like a like a, a different uh, vibe. That would be cool. Because that definitely came across in this tournament. Hopefully they can retain that for a weekly show, unlike what uh, the Cruiserweights have managed. Uh, I don't know how um, what the kind of frequency is going to be on the shows that they're doing and what, what it's going to involve, but hey, let's hope it's as good as this. It, it has announced to the world definitively that Brit Race... Brit Race? <laughs> Brit Race. <laughs> it's a Brit, Brit Race. It's a Who's going to win the Brit race? <laughs> <laughs> uh, announced to the world that Brit race is the place to be, definitively. Um, but there was some other stuff going on uh, that's uh, sort of outside of the, of this this WWE excitement, and um, even outside of our, our usual talking points, and that's. We've actually had Red Pro have got a, a live at the cockpit show out in like a week. Uh, they've they've turned over a new leaf. They've got the whole 2017 cockpit schedule laid out. Uh -huh. um, they've said they're going to get it up within a week every time. They they finally got serious about doing the cockpit and making it a, a show that they'll put up regularly. Like I think it's just about monthly, like ten or eleven times this year. It's essentially their Corican show, if they were yes, a Japanese that's a, company. Yes, that's a very good comparison, yeah. Uh, obviously a much smaller crowd. Yeah, <laughs> but like, like sort of intimate venue, advancement of storylines, heading into big shows. It's the same kind of vibe I get from it. Um, how much of uh, Cockpit 12 have you actually had the chance to see? I have only seen the main event. I'm going to watch the rest of it after this podcast. <laughs> okay, okay, fair enough. Um, I'm just kind of skipping through my notes on it, and I'm just looking at these matches, and I liked pretty much everything that was on this show. Like, like really, I think probably the the worst match on the show was Zack Sabre Jr. against RJ Singh. How did um, Singh look? Uh, he looks okay. Yeah, he looks okay. I just thought there was, um, for, for the length of time that it went on for, that perhaps there was uh, too big a gulf in, in talent. And for the storyline they were telling, which was that Zach was too good for for RJ Singh, um, it just went on too long. But um, yeah, apart from that, like every, every match was good. And then the which... main event was pretty amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. God, the main event. Jesus Christ. Um, we don't see enough six-man eight-man, whatever, matches like this in Brit Rest. Like, it's mostly singles matches or tag team matches. Like, never a mix of guys like this. And this is a, a great example of, like, yeah. the potential matches that are out there. 
Like the athleticism in this match was off the charts. <laughs> everyone was flying everywhere, and it all made sense, and no one got lost, and that's a triumph in of itself. And then the ending was fierce as hell. Look at the six guys they had in there for the, this the talent. So to put on this kind of show, like, uh, and like I'm saying about the undercard, that there wasn't really a bad match on the undercard. It was very strong. To go from throughout the night having all these good matches, and yet you have kind of put all your eggs in one basket by having these six guys in the main event, mm-hmm. and yet the show was still good throughout. <laughs> So yeah, we're talking Will Ospreay, Ryan Smile, and Shane Strickland versus Pete Dunne, Marty Skrull, and Travis Banks. That's a pretty amazing lineup, full of all our favourite wrestlers, <laughs> and it absolutely yeah. delivered. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It was. What can you even say? Just like you have to go and see this. Uh, get the month. You get uh, high stakes with it as well. Yeah. So, yeah, def- absolutely. Definitely a must buy. I think <laughs> this month of Pro TV. I think if um, the intent is to have uh, like a cockpit show of this standard, like every time they go there, this promotion is going to be fucking great this year. Uh, they have, <laughs> they have really, serious designs on the uh, promotion of the year, Britty. <laughs> they sure do. Um, I mean, well, we're only like two weeks into the year, but it's already a, a hot race. Because, Jesus Christ, this was a good show. Oh, uh, and the ending of the main event with Ryan Smile <laughs> refusing to stay down against Skull and yeah. almost coming back and then getting caught in the chicken wing, the diving chicken wing. Yeah, we, which is just an amazing... I love that spot. I thought it was over <laughs> the uh, like the first time he was in it because they were both like left alone. Yeah, yeah. And then he executed him with all the super kicks. And, and he still wouldn't stay then down. Then he kicked out... <laughs> and leapt to his feet and then just kind of collapsed. <laughs> Pretty incredible stuff. Like, Ryan Smile is the business. Um, as we've said, we've said he doesn't get booked in Progress or Rev Pro that much. Um, but Wait, Rev Pro have serious designs on using him a lot this year. So. Well, he's, he's wrestled for them in the past. He did, um, he teamed with PJ Black, the Darewolf. <laughs> um, at Uprising, I want to say. Or the Vader show. I could have sworn that was someone else. So I'm immediately on onto Cage Match <laughs> because I could have sworn that was someone else. Defo Ryan Smile. No, I mean, like, I don't think that was Travis Banks. Oh, I said Ryan Smile. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Travis Banks. It was his debut. <laughs> oh, okay. We I both was, clear was, on that. Just, I was getting worked up about <laughs> Ryan Smile and <laughs> okay. I did not hear Travis Banks. But yeah, this was Travis Banks' debut. He was great as well. And if they're going to go forward with um, Dunn, Skrull, Osprey, uh, Banks, and Smile as the guys, <laughs> then you couldn't ask for a better like main event roster, or native main event roster anyway. It, it was a very good sign uh, how organised they were here. Um, and how well choreographed the uh, like the, the two man the two man fucking what I went six man spots were uh, um, when they got to going towards the not the ending but the part where basically everyone else cleared out and left uh, Skrull and and Ryan Smile on alone. Mm-hmm. Um, they had uh, the 
trio of uh, Superkick Just Kidding, and then the, the like treble uh, good guy response to it, and then <laughs> the double set of dives over the um, top yeah, of the turnbuckles. That was madness. Triple biting of the fingers, uh, <laughs> triple cheeky Nando's. Uh, it just so much good stuff in this match. So yeah, I would like to see more six man, eight man, what have you stuff if leading into this, big shows. If, if this is this anything good, to go by. yeah, this was <laughs> quite outstanding. I was very, very excited about this. Um, like after the show had finished, I was bouncing around. I I watched this before going to progress and. Mm. Um, I was just sat in the back of the car and uh, with the other guys, just going, "Have you seen it? No, God damn it! Why haven't you seen it? <laughs> it's great, <laughs> great match. This is definitely a must see, and it it announces the cockpit as a thing that we need to keep track of this year. Like, like yeah. I said, I, like they're I up much on, more organised with it this year. I guess it was a, around seven cockpit seven somewhere around there that I started watching them religiously because. Yeah. They always had like a match on there that I really wanted to see. I mean, Trent Seven was the king of the cockpit last year. Yeah, he sure he had was. some great matches on there. Yeah, his match with uh, Zach Gibson on this show is really good. It's a really good show. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't just the main event; it was top to bottom. It was a good show. I think there the wasn't criticism any level that Rev Pro is that they only do super shows or only the super shows matter, and I think. If the cockpit shows can be this good, this regularly this year, that will silence those accusations. Yeah. It's it's a, it's a step to them becoming a more complete promotion. Yeah, and at the moment, like you said, there's only you only really needed to watch uh, like what four or maybe five Rev Pro shows in an entire year, and you would basically get everything that you needed out of that company. Um, then putting on more shows and having them of this standard is great. It's great for them. It's great for the scene. Definitely. Uh, I think that match, by the way, that main event, I currently have it down as my my favorite Brit Rest match of the year so far. Set set the bar. Set the bar. Can well, anything clear it? Well, the the Almost bar was certainly. set. <laughs> the bar was set like <laughs> a couple of days beforehand. Yeah. Uh, with Attack Club Pro. Because they had um, their show Wolverhampton uh, called Wrestle House. Um. Have you seen this one yet? Because it is. It's I haven't on seen it yet. No. The idea. Um, it's a really good show, but the the standout match is uh, Mustache Mountain against uh, Pete Dunne, Dan Maloney. Um, like a week before them all going and being in this WWE UK tournament, they had a yeah. ridiculous match. It was incredible. <laughs> like it was a really really strong match. The striking in it was brilliant. Uh, like Tyler Bate was an absolute star. Uh, he did a load of. Um, I don't know if you noticed how much boxing he's doing at the moment, but he just kind of worked that little, that little bit of striking into his um, into his game, and bump and uh, bang, <laughs> yeah. But it's it's not just the punches; it's the footwork. He's doing the the whole like boxing, and he had like a little <laughs> um, moment in this tag match where there's him and Pete done in the ring, and they go into like a little boxing match inside of the yeah. inside of the wrestling match. Oh, that's great. <laughs> So I mean, there's a lot of goofy stuff on that Attack Club Pro show, um, which you know some people are not that into, um, like the goofy stuff. Uh, I I like a comedy match myself, but um, yeah, for for that show, that match was like the match to watch on that show. 
It was very, very good. Um, I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, obviously, um, being at the the show was was preferable because it was just such a ridiculous atmosphere. Like, it's it's one of the most bizarre shows I think I've ever seen. The way <laughs> that it ended. Uh, I'm right in thinking Flight Club Pro's next shows are in April or uh, no, any before. No, 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 no. They've uh, revealed their schedule. Their next show is on February the tenth. Ah. Um. It is a Friday. It's finishing quite late. I've bought the ticket and I've arranged a lift. <laughs> <laughs> Smart. That's what you got to do for Flight Club uh, Pro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that you need you need specifically to get a lift to Flight Club Pro. It's it's um. It's otherwise unreachable. It makes it, is, <laughs> it makes it even uh, it more is on exclusive. that Friday show's late. It's like a late show, yeah. so uh, it's always going to finish at eleven, which is way too late for me to get a. You'll uh, you'll be there in your tie, <laughs> your signature brick rest tie. <laughs> Probably, I. Yeah. That's now it's your not, thing, by the way. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't intentional. It was just I went from work. Yeah, and I wasn't expecting to get caught on camera so much, <laughs> or gift by Ian. <laughs> Did you see that one? Um, I may have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he gifted me just because he thought it'd be funny, which it so, was. But um, if you're listening and want to say hi to on any future shows, he's the man <laughs> in the tie. It's funny you should say that because I was at the bar at uh, Progress and. I didn't catch the guy's name, but he came up to me. I don't know if you just recognised the voice from, uh, like from Voices of Wrestling, but he went like when I ordered the drink, he was like, um, "You yeah, go off the Brit Rest round table." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, um, "Yeah, you are just, famous." Yeah, I've I've been being recognised at shows for a, a long time for like other stuff. I'm gonna tell you once I I was in a, a nightclub. In um, <laughs> this is a true story. I was at a nightclub in in Gloucester, and uh, my friend had a wrestling t shirt on. I didn't. I was just wearing like whatever mm. the hell I was wearing. Um, my friend had a wrestling t shirt on. Somebody came up to him, had a conversation about wrestling with him, and asked who he was here with. And uh, uh, Reg is the guy that my friend. He he gestured towards me and went, oh, that guy over there. And he said, he looks like the wrestle guru from Smash Wrestling. And it was, because that was me. That was what I did. <laughs> <laughs> the actual picture is, wasn't me. It was Tony, Tony Cotton. So he has like the, the, the same goatee, or he had the same goatee. I don't know if he still does. Um, but he, we kind of looked alike. So yeah, I was recognised based on a drawing of someone else, <laughs> <laughs> and that was a long time ago. That was before there were pictures and stuff of me on the internet. I can't shows. say I've ever been recognised by my voice, but you know, <laughs> our legions of fans are out there somewhere. <laughs> uh, I, I'm frequently asked, like when I'm at shows, "Oh, is Ollie at this show? Is Rob at this show?" I'm like, "I no." <laughs> I'm afraid not. Rob, I get asked about Rob all the time. Need to get him to Fight Club Pro. <laughs> Got to. Everyone has to experience the fiction. Yeah. At some point. <laughs> Definitely. Wait, I could probably put him up. I got a spare room. Well, I got a lounge with like a fold out 
This has gone really off the rails. <laughs> this is the end of the podcast, I think. <laughs> if uh, no one wants no, to hear no, no. us just chatting. Then... No, it isn't. <laughs> I, I'm not done with match recommendations. I, I have more. Oh. This this is how ridiculous... Let's get it out before we bore everyone to death. <laughs> this is how ridiculous wrestling has been recently. Um, I was watching uh, the What Culture show this week, um, uh, loaded for the... What was the date on it? The 15th? 16th? 16th. It was yesterday. We're recording on the 17th, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah, so this week's uh, loaded. I was recommended that I watch it based on someone who was there. And I was like, okay, sounds like a sounds like a good shout. Um, the first match on the show was Zack Sabre Jr. against Gabriel Kidd. Mm-hmm. Are, are you familiar with Gabriel Kidd? Like he's... I've seen him occasionally on WCPW. Yeah. Never made a mark in my brain particularly. Yeah, he's he hasn't got much of a look. He kind of looks like a uh, like a child in a man's body, if that makes <laughs> sense. He just he looks really like young and innocent, and he looks like he doesn't belong there. But he's a really good wrestler, like like really good. Mm. And this match with with Saber Junior, like Saber's doing like his usual thing of, of just kicking the bejesus out of his opponent because he just didn't think he's good enough to be in the ring with him. And like this this Gabriel kid, the fire that he showed in this match was oh, gee, it was <laughs> fantastic. And Saber, the the lengths that he had to go to make sure that the that Gabriel Kidd didn't like get one over on him in terms of like looking better than him. It was just yeah. brilliant. He, he brutalized him just <laughs> because he had to. And the fact that, he, that Gabriel Kidd hanged on for as long as he did and like stuck around and made sure that he, he looked okay. That's a great match. Like legitimately. So like, um, may have to check it out. Well, you know, um, Ian Hamilton, Yes. Who he reviews the, the What Culture show. So I was talking to him during this um uh show, like over uh, Twitter, mm-hmm. and I was like, This is a really good match. Like it's like really genuinely good and he's like, Yeah, it's it's like four stars. So he's he gave it four stars and he doesn't like what culture <laughs> <laughs> That's how good that's how good that match is. I'm it's high praise indeed. I probably like oversold it now, and everyone's going to go and watch it and go, "Ah, eh, it's all right." So this probably, is on YouTube, correct? Probably like three and a quarter. Uh, yeah, it's um, it's on YouTube, and that's not all of it, because the main event on that show is Will Ospreay and B Priestley against Ricochet and Tessa Blanchard. I did see that. I, <laughs> uh, I can only assume that match is very uh self-indulging, but also a lot of fun. <laughs> oh my god, it's fun! It's it's. All the best parts of Ricochet and Will Ospreay, with Will Ospreay as a heel, yeah, uh, like a strong heel, and then you've got um, lots of really disgusting stuff with chewing gum. Which he Priestley likes her chewing gum. <laughs> she does like her chewing gum. Ricochet doesn't like her chewing gum. The uh, the carnage in this match, the, it, like with that. That six-man tag from from Red Pro, it was really well organized. It was mm. really well choreographed. Everyone knew what they were doing. It's easily the best match I've ever seen B Priestley anywhere near. Easily <laughs> by, by by a country mile. Well, I mean, it's they like, all know each other back to front, so it's not surprising that they were very well organized. Yeah, my God, it was good. 
so th this is a like a normal uh uh week in week out uh wcpw loaded show yeah. and it had two matches that i clocked at four stars on <laughs> wcpw leaning in on promotion of year it's after like, like two weeks <laughs> my god this is how great wrestling is at the moment. All, <laughs> all of this is happening. Yeah. <sighs> Love it. Brit rest, man. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have anything else to talk about, or should we wrap this one up? I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I suppose we should say that high stakes is happening either before or after this podcast has dropped, but it's happening around that time. Yoshihashi versus Pete Dunne. Matt Riddle versus Katsuyori Shibata. I hear Matt Riddle is a very nice man, so go say hi to him. <laughs> yes, um, especially if you already know Papa Hales. He, he likes anyone that's uh, a big fan of the, of the Papa. Pro tip. Looking at Akil should have come with me. He's, um, uh, do you know Akil Khalid? Yes. Yeah, he On was, Twitter. um, <laughs> yeah, Twitter. Yeah, I was at the bar, um, and we were just kind of chatting about uh, wrestling, and I kind of introduced myself, and he went, uh, like, oh, I'm Akeel. And I was like, as in Khalid? And he went, yeah. Uh, I kind of hired him to write for my website uh, <laughs> <laughs> the week before. So that was really surreal. Didn't know him at all. It was just, there he was. But, uh, it's yeah, what happens had... at Britra shows. You just yeah. say hi. And... Yeah, you say hi to people, <laughs> and then realize that you've known them for, like, two years. <laughs> Happens all the time. Like, ridiculously so. Um, yeah, so before we go, um, I'm going to plug the website because um, I've got I've got one. It's new. Uh, it's got my archive on it. It's called rearviewreviews.com. And I think the guy who helped me uh, get this site um, has given it a name that I find hard to pronounce. I <laughs> think he's done it on purpose. Uh, but yeah, it's got all the uh, pretty much everything that I write goes there, and it'll be updated like all the time because I awesome. write shitloads. Um, I have a new podcast about British wrestling to go alongside this one because you can never talk enough Brit rest, uh, <laughs> British audio wrestling on the law. Um, so check that out, and also at another Roddy on Twitter. And on that note, I think we're done. You probably should. Um... Uh, also go to uh, Voices of Wrestling uh, forward slash Amazon and buy your shit from there. Except you can't from the you can't if, if you live in the can't UK. If you're from the UK, so. <laughs> but um, yeah. So if, if you're, you're American, U if you're in the UK, what you, what you should do is go to my website <laughs> <laughs> and click the affiliate link off that because it will be there at some point. So I get money, which is great. Thanks. Thank you. And uh, on that disgusting shill note, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll call it a night. Good evening. Good night. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, 
unbelievably sweet mustard sauce and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only. Plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.